Ladies and gentlemen, get the lights down low. Light the Nog Champa. No, wait, don't light that. That stuff is disgusting. And sit back and relax and listen to Going Off Track. That exhalation you hear is Mr. Brad Goop, producer, host extraordinaire. My name is Steven, and we are it in the studio this week. Mr. Jonah Bayer is off on tour with his band United Nations. If you have not seen them, then, as they say, you fucked up. You should go out and check him out. Today we are bringing you the folks behind the hilarious web series, High Maintenance. It's hilarious. It makes you think. It has some storylines that are kind of goofy and fun. Um, ben and Katya put it together, and this is a fun, fun episode. Jonah told us about this series uh, because he likes all things that make you high. I'm kid. He only likes one thing that does. Maybe. I don't know. Are his parents listening? But we can really just talk anything about Jonah. We can say whatever. This is our opportunity. Let's see. Let's talk about Jonah's puns. <laughs> <laughs> his buns? The best thing about you know, those, that's a tight little yoga butt. Gotta yeah, say. Well, that's what you get. When you, that's a stretch. <laughs> oh. So, so Jonah told us about this series. It's amazing. It's not quite comedy, though it is funny, but they, um, Katya was a casting director working for 30 Rock and her husband Ben is an actor and they put this series together. He also knows how to edit by doing funny videos and things. And it's just hilarious. Jonah is like, I don't know, he has his things on, he has his finger on the pulse of a few things and high maintenance is, is one of them. And we don't know where you can see it other than the web, but there might be an announcement very soon. So without further ado, Ben and Katya. Today on Going Off Track, our guests are Katya Blickfeld and Ben Sinclair from the web series High Maintenance, which is my favorite web series. And I'm so psyched that you guys are here. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Out of all the web series on the web. There's There's a a lot lot of them. them, It's true. Mm -hmm. That's that's quite a compliment, considering. I mean it. And every time I'm at a friend's house and they're like YouTubing, I'm like, we have to watch a show. And then I end up watching all of them again. That's a verb now. We're YouTubing. Yes. Yes, It's not for us. We don't do the YouTube, though. So you change it up. It turns into Vimeoing. Yeah. Or Huluing or Vivoing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We got to find an adjective or a verb, a a verb rather, to say what the hell that is because YouTube can't have it all. It's true. Soon it's just going to be watching because with as many, I have more friends who are getting rid of cable. Yeah. And just getting a Roku box or Apple TV mm-hmm. and just watching everything, which... I just get a cord to hook my laptop up to the TV. That'll do it. That's all yeah, you need, really. A, one. a magic cord. Yes. Um, but how... So you two are married? Mm-hmm. Yes. And how long have you been married? <laughs> two and a half years now, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Two so we got married on New Year's Eve of 2010. 10 to, to 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had a party. So we did that just with our immediate family in Malibu. And then about a month and a half, almost two months later, we had a party in New York with all of our friends here. So we didn't have to crossbreed. Nice. <laughs> cross-pollinate. Uh, cross-pollinate. <laughs> with, well, You're assuming they I would, would like bred. to. I would like yeah. yeah. Well. Crossbreeding would be nice. It would just be easier to incorporate everyone to a party. But then everyone has to have sex. And then everyone has to have babies with people they don't want to have babies with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. No, no, because the <laughs> population is too big anyway, and why force it? Yeah. Right. And where good. are you from, Ben? I'm from Scottsdale, Scottsdale. Arizona. Oh, yes. Glorious. A lot of, lot of green golf. <laughs> a lot yeah. of strip malls from my memory. Strong, yeah. A lot of blonde chicks. Yeah. Yes, so many blonde <laughs> yeah. chicks and yeah. so many terracotta colored structures. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went terracotta or American, I think is the way they say it. Yeah. Yeah, which one? There's several. I went to one that was like maybe a school or something now. I went to this really cool Frank Lloyd Wright house with my parents. I can't, it was like out in the desert somewhere. You mean the Freppenshaw? Yes. No, I made that up, man. That's not a thing. <laughs> Anything you were going to say, I was going to be like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's more than one? I don't yeah, know. He, uh, he had, uh, you know, that's where he was kind of headquartered for a while. You know, what he did was just pour, make some molds, pour some concrete into some molds. That's, that's all he did. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Way overrated, that, that, that Frank Lloyd Wright. Right. Of all the Lloyd Wrights, Frank's the most overrated. What about you, Katya? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from Long Beach, California. Okay. 
Yeah. Just like Snoop Dogg. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, the LBC. Were you guys both, you were involved with UCB? No. No? Mm-mm. No, I did a one class with Caitlin Teggart. Okay. In uh, sketch writing. Yeah. So how did High Maintenance sort of come together? Well, uh, you know, Katya, why don't you take this? <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm being a weirdo already. <laughs> I need to step back and let you talk for a second. Oh, sh- okay. If you need that, yeah, I I'm can do that for you. Inept. Take a moment. Uh, how did it come about? We just, well, we, ever since we got together, just always wanted to make something together. And uh, Ben had sort of been doing these, like, um, entering commercial contests for prize money and sort of uh, using humor to inform his uh, his videos. And so he was just doing a lot of those. And I think he wanted to try his hand at something more narrative. And I'm from a casting background. I was working on 30 Rock these last many years and doing some, you know, stuff for NBC. And You've been nominated for an Emmy, correct? I have. Two of them. Oh, thanks. That's my hype man over here. Um, it's cool that the casting directors, at least for at least for television, they get a nomination. Yeah, it's cool. For Actually, film, they don't. No, Check as this of out. this week, they do for film for the yeah. Academy Awards. Yeah, finally. Yeah, I I have a friend who's a casting director, and she's always gets very irked about that. It is irksome. Wait, who's yeah. your friend? Uh, Barbara Barna. I don't know Barbara. She does, but a I lot feel of, her pain. Yeah, she does a lot of hosting stuff. A okay. Lot of, um, uh, what they now call um. Uh, alternative programming, which mm-hmm. is very odd. I'm familiar. Mm, dumb. <laughs> it's hosty shit. It's yeah. Easy. And I've had to work on some of that stuff. That's uh, great. Go go team. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Well, so I came from, that's where I was coming from. And I, I think I, there was so many actors that I was encountering in, in the audition process and in my scouting process and all of that, that I just was like, these people are great. I would love to see more of them and like let's make something with people like that where they get to sort of have like a a spotlight on them for a little bit longer and we can sort of write for their voice and yeah we just want we knew we wanted to do that and then I honestly I don't know when we realized that it was going to be a show about a a pot dealer probably when we were smoking weed one day which is why I can't remember (laughs) yeah um but it was sort of one of those like yeah Yeah. when you win the Emmy if you could just thank weed that would just (laughs) like you will be that person forever, but you will be that person. I feel like forever. I already am that person. Fair so enough. I just... I'd like to thank Weed. That's hilarious, mm-hmm. and that's it. And just walk out because everyone wants you to shut shut the fuck up. Yeah, just get off the stage. Like we're all. I hope I get that opportunity that. sometime for Ooh. sure. Yeah, I don't know. And then we just we stumbled upon this idea, and uh, our be- our best friend is uh, this guy Russell Gregory, who is a talent manager and. You know, he and I have been friends for a long time and he wanted to sort of have something for his clients and he wanted to, you know, a lot of managers do producing as well. And I don't know, it was just sort of like the perfect storm of Yeah, it was all things. It was was all of the people who are the more unsung heroes of pre and post production, which is casting and editing. Yeah, I, I learned how to edit making funny videos like that was my film school and and. Having all of those like very fundamental but often overlooked elements was a, a really awesome way to start doing this. I think actually while making this, we started everything kind of from an outside-in perspective. And uh, even the way the show is formatted, like the, the connecting element, my character is like n- not the main character of each episode. And that's kind of how we've been approaching all of the ways that we've done it. We've even kind of taken a real hands-off approach to networking, which is... <laughs> yeah which has kind of just led to a, a word of mouth spread. Uh, so it's, Like herpes. Yeah, we... Everything We've that, been trying to do that with the podcast, and I guess we're just not syphilitic enough because it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why that is, man. <laughs> I don't want to Maybe we need to go more of the STD route that you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah secretly don't tell people, like, secretly try to infect them, but not tell them. And then they find out later, and then they're like, hey, man, this guy gave me STDs. Maybe we got the HPV vaccine. And Should I be why. dismayed that that's your like outlook on STDs? Like you immediately <laughs> took it to the place of, and then you don't tell them. And then need, uh, <laughs> I was just trying to help him. <laughs> Do you need to open up about something here? I mean, yeah. this is a comfortable room. You can. Feel it's a ease. very comfortable room. Yeah. I I'm already wondering if I'm being hypnotized, <laughs> and <laughs> but 
I don't want to put too much pressure on it. You know, here's a funny hypnotism story. Our friend almost got, uh, we were in, he was in China doing a residency there. And he said that it was late and he took like a gypsy cab, but he got in the gypsy cab. And then there was like, really, it was like really kind of like an insulated car and the seat was very comfortable. And he sat up next to the driver. Like that's how the driver got out, opened the door for him. He sat down and then there was like a screen in front of him that the driver put on that had like shapes on it. And he was playing Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. And then the driver leaned over to him and he was like, Do, ji, sai, go. And then the guy started feeling like really tired. And then he alleges that he jumped out of the car uh, because he started to feeling like he was going under. And then at his internship the next day, he was like, hey, something happened to me really weird with this gypsy cab. And his, his intern friend was like, oh, yeah, there in China, if you uh, there are some men, they take your heart. And uh, and this was the way that they get the organ donors, the no the way. black market organ donors. Yeah, yeah, donors. <laughs> uh, there has to be more than one. Yeah, well, yeah, man. They they're driving around uh, allegedly hypnotizing them with Coolio and and then <laughs> taking their hearts. Oh, man. For the love of God, please let this be true. Because yeah. one, oh, the victims, no. I feel sorry for them. But two, if you're going to get hypnotized to the dulcet sounds of LV singing with Coolio, yeah. then you deserve to have your kidney removed. Right. Mm-hmm. If you die, you probably go to a gangster's paradise. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty power gangster death. Power in the death. money. That is money a pretty gangster death. Minute after minute. Hour after hour. Thanks, Ben Tice. That <laughs> yeah, was our that friend was, Ben Tice. And Ben Tice sounded... Uh, the way he tells the, tells the story... It's like a Sasquatch sighting. You can't believe it's not also, true. Also, right. you should p- say he's uh, <laughs> this very like attractive Belgian guy who like mm. seems like he's from some like French romantic comedy. And yeah. <laughs> like just if you can imagine that person telling you the story and he speaks Chinese and it's yeah. just, he's an interesting package. <laughs> yeah. So you had, you had me with our friend doing a residency in China. Like you could have ended the story then and I would have been. Really? Oh yeah. You have low standards for stories. I really do. I I like them. It's a little more for me. I well, I'm from the Twitter generation, so if it's more than 140 characters, I can't be sold on it. Check out this tweet. (laughs) Uh, I follow at Fact Hive. Oh, Which is best. just facts. Me too. I love facts. Oh, I've never heard of this. That, uh, John Worcester turned us on to it. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't just facts. Oh, Todd Berry follows them, okay. sometimes I'll retweets check it them. Out. Night owls are, are more um, ruder than uh, people who get up early in the morning. That kind of stuff. Night owls out. are more ruder than people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what it said. There, there's I'm no sold. grammar. Man. I bet they felt like we need that we didn't have enough letters to our 143 yep. character limit. Let's put more, more ruder in it and <laughs> like take up more real estate in this tweet. Yeah, I heard that. Well, to bring it back to China, mm-hmm. like a skilled storyteller, um, you know, I would say that this tweet I saw was uh, that if you spent a month in Beijing, that's like smoking five cigarettes, <gasps> just like being in there. In, five in the cigarettes sh- or packs of cigarettes? Cigarettes. Five cigarettes. <laughs> it's not still. like five. But still, just standing in a place is like smoking five cigarettes. What a shit show, man. What a fucking disaster. Anyway. <laughs> I was in Beijing for a week, so that's probably like one yeah, that's like a one cigarette. You, yeah, it's good. okay. You're all right, couple drags. Yes. So, did you did you have any background in acting before this? Yeah, no. That's how most of it started. Okay. For me, getting involved in uh, all of this. Yeah, I did. Uh, I went to Oberlin, and I w- went there with the intention of being an international relations something or other. But I just like you know, I didn't want to. He's my brain. I wanted to charm people. What? I wish you could re- get rid of that. Uh, go back and take take that out of this. Uh, no, I just I went. I act. I auditioned for this acting class, and then it was it was over. So you had an audition to get into the cat and in, into, into the, the class. class. That's crazy. That's great. Yeah, it's, that's great. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like the coolest program ever. I'm glad that. <laughs> I'm glad that I went to a college where they're like, why don't you take a, geog- a geology class also? You know, I, I I think the liberal arts is might not be like the decider of your career, but it does teach you how to make more, int- ask more interesting questions than what you are asking as a high schooler. So, you know, that was just, I think probably kids go to community college for two years and then go to an expensive college. 
Because the first two years are just some bullshit. Let's get out of here, Katya. <laughs> That's one to grow on. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm from Cleveland, and I did a summer program at Oberlin. Yeah. Oh. The, the Tamara, that electronic. Yeah, thing. man. And I remember there's one bar there, right? The Fev, yeah. The Fev, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had 75-cent cans of PBR when I was there. Yeah. It's, uh, they really appreciate... It's a charming place. Yeah. The Fev has the best burger. Well, first of all, they have these goddamn... They have a brunch now... And they oh, have these, these pancakes, pancakes that we've tried fancy to replicate. Cakes, man. We've tried to replicate them. Just they, great success, they actually. Scramble yeah. some mm-hmm. eggs and put the scrambled eggs in the batter and some and some like maple hickory sausage. maple sausage. In your Sweet pancake. mother of God. And they fucking put it in the pancake. <laughs> Inside. Of. Yeah. That 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 deconstructs the pancake. I, this is confusing. It's getting a savory yet sweet because you can put syrup on that. Yeah. And it's still delicious. And there's no more protein in it. No, there's eggs in there's it. There's eggs Scrambled in it. eggs inside of That's it. That's what I'm saying. Isn't yeah. that protein? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. eggs are protein, right? Yes. Am yes. I wrong? Okay. No, I thought oh, you said there's no. More. I thought you said there's no more protein. No, I said you put more in it. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. put more. I I'm, I'm yeah. mold that. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's okay, man. <laughs> so, you mold it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm going to use that. <laughs> it's a good word, right? That's Mormold. a great word. Yeah. So Mormold. I guess the, my question is, to me, the show is so... I don't know how to ask this question. Like, how do you know so much about drug dealers, I guess? Oh, uh, I was delivering. Went to Oberlin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I actually have never dealt drugs. I was, I worked at Sprout Home in Williamsburg, uh, the plant shop for two summers, but kind of through the winter also. And I started like delivering plants to people in their homes. And like I installed some, like, you know, I just like go into some vacuum sealed apartment up in the sky on the edge of the Williamsburg condo, you know, plex. And then I would just look around in people's houses and then I come home and tell Katya where I went. Well, he installed some went. plants too. He would like do some landscaping yeah, and I'd just show go look up in their and house I'd look like around and I'd leave. And then, <laughs> yeah, no. So like I would spend all afternoon. One time I spent some time in Christina Ricci's balcony. Mm. Uh, I spent all day there. She has uh, a MakerBot, a 3D printer. No way. Yeah. If you want one, go there and take it. <laughs> and uh, you can give him the address later. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you right now. One. <laughs> it's a penthouse. I don't know if that's the address. Uh, it was a joke. You know. <laughs> I'm looking at her telling her. If it is, joke. that's going to be great. All <laughs> yeah. right. I think it is the place. Anyway. We uh, also know some people who are in the business. We do. We have a couple of friends who actually deliver our bike delivery guys. And we have a friend in LA who runs a medical marijuana collective and he delivers in his car. We, we know, we know some people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I feel like everyone does, but like Mm -hmm. no one ever wants to talk about it. It's like such, everyone knows it exists and everyone has it, but it's still like kind of a weird taboo. I feel like like someone you host a podcast with will never bring it up or delve into it or and i bring it up a lot on this podcast <laughs> yeah admittedly well it's yeah good. we and we kind of feel that way too like we don't at least i i know this isn't like everybody but at least in our circle of acquaintance like everybody has a guy or has access to a guy even if they don't use it they have like their number in case someone comes to visit who wants to use it or you know it's just sort mm-hmm. of like a normal thing in our day-to-day normal. lives i get it nice yeah. Mormal, yeah, mormal. Mormal. <laughs> um, I was just in uh, Denver uh, oh. about it, six weeks ago, and the way that culture has just shifted was phenomenal. People yeah. walking around with just, I was with someone, and they went, Why is there a lot of people with kazoos here? And I'm like, No, man, that's a vape. That's yeah. hilarious. Like in front of cops hanging out. It's just it's kind so of so American, too. Yeah. They're just like, Oh, eat it as fast as you can, as much. It's just like so <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like, how much people are dosing themselves. I mean, the the amounts that they're putting in the edibles that they package and sell, that's, worse. that's too much, that's man. That's way too much. Yeah, you're going to not have a good time Yeah, if you it's eat like the weed much. equivalent of like Little Debbie's or something. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, out in California who was telling me about the, the 420 bar mm-hmm. and like dark or milk, which is wonderful to have that option. One has more mm-hmm. antioxidants. Um, uh, they're delicious. But they were like, he's he's like, I've been a professional pot smoker. Professional. He's sponsored. I've been smoking pot a lot my whole life. And he's big dude. And he went, I take a corner of that 
break that in half and break that in half because that's how strong like this is. A 480 bar. Yeah. Or a 12. And then when Tony Hawk <laughs> does the 900 bar, it's really hard to do yeah, on the, 13, the vert, but bar. it's it's intense. No, but like like that seems to be a weird part of that culture, which is, you know, like they have the mystique of, you know, you order it, your guy delivers on a bike, that's kind of cool. Smoke it up, put it in whatever you have. But uh, now here's a Reese's peanut butter cup facsimile yeah. that's going to kill you. Yeah, it's a little much. I mean, I guess people's tolerance is just going to go way up on the West Coast, and then they won't be able to come out to the East Coast because their anxiety will never be able to calm to the degree that they are when they're at home on the West Coast. I don't know. It's really expensive out here. they got to balance out with that clonopin weed. I had a really good friend who I turned on the show because I was like, they do dabs on the show, and he was so psyched. He was like, really? He's like, well, this must be legit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that got us some some street cred. Yeah, but that's I mean that's thanks to uh, Abdullah, this guy that we met, who was in that episode. He's the long haired guy who's okay. doing it. He uh, does the Weeda Kit column for Vice, and he ran into our series a few months back and was like, "Hey, do you guys want to like? I'd love to meet you and like we should just chat because we he's should." A charmer. He's so charming, and his his uh, column is actually really entertaining. He's a great writer and so funny. Um, and it's all like weed centric stuff. Um, but yeah, he like reached out and we were like, oh, let's meet this guy. And then we met up with him and he was so much fun. And like, uh, <laughs> he told us about dabbing and like you went with him yeah. actually to see the, what that looks the like. benefit <laughs> of those who don't know. Oh, dabbing is, uh, you want to do it? <laughs> I don't know. Who do you want to nope. do it? All right. You so you take this dabbing is this called butane hash oil or something bto or btu or some shit like that that's it's a protest yeah but bachman turner over dab (laughs) and then you uh i don't know how the process goes but you shoot a bunch of butane through the weed and extract all of like the good stuff and you make like a little boogery substance like in a puddle it's like a puddle of like a very viscous thing and then you heat up a piece of metal you superheat it and then apply this concentrate to that metal and then find like through a glass bowl or whatever that has an orb or some shit I mean, there's a lot of ways designed. to do it especially designed you capture the smoke as it the booger bursts into smoke and then one hit of that is like a whole joint of weed like it's too much and then when you do it you're like high school stoned it's, and then it's too much work no it's not that much work you just heat up a piece of metal and put a booger on it and suck in but that's like a spoon but over you have to a heat lighter, it up with like a, a blowtorch yeah. so yeah. it's very hefesty well it could be like torch. a little, little kitchen torch as so we if you had make a lot episode. of creme brulee yeah, yeah, creme brulee yeah. We, total, yeah we were totally using a, a, a thing we had borrowed from uh, our friend caterer. who's a caterer yeah. <laughs> she's like a William Sonoma little oh are you guys being creme brulee no exactly no we're just upping our tolerance what was it like shooting that scene that um, that scene was well. We didn't have enough cream cheese for our bagels, so it wasn't that great. We needed more cream cheese <laughs> for that take morning. Take away from that. No, shoot. <laughs> I mean it was great. We had two. That was nice. We had two cameras. Abdullah is really hilarious, <laughs> and the other guy in it I've known since fourth grade. We got uh, we carpooled. To, no, since first grade or something. We went. We carpooled to uh, Hebrew school together. And his mom told me how much she liked Schindler's List, and I never forgot about it. Never forget, <laughs> Ben. Never forget. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it this it's cool. We it just was get fun. To it was really buddies, chill. Yeah, you know? we were just in Abdullah's apartment, and that that dabbing guy who shot, who goes by Rabbit. He, he goes does by not, Rabbit. He does not release his real name. To I the met world. him when I went to when I met him. He opened the door, and he was wearing a ski mask. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was it was interesting like, experience. I am. Ben. He was awesome though, and he's a real enthusiast, and he makes like the oil and and yeah. uh, really loves to tell you about dabbing, yeah. and it's really fascinating. Yeah, but I can't it's remember. death metal stoners. Yeah, though. he's like mm. like roadie stoner, you know. Oh yes, <laughs> you know, he just likes carrying stuff. I don't know if he likes carrying things. Roadies seem to like that. I don't know why. Was I mean, he really yeah, a roadie? Yeah, I think he was a roadie for like Metallica or oh, some shit like that, that one time ago. That's awesome. Where are you saying? How many episodes have you done so far? Ten. Howie. Huh. That doesn't seem like a lot to us, though. We're we We're are like back right yeah, now. itching to make oh, more. Oh, I, I take it back. What was the the Hannibal Buress episode to me was 
so different and I, I really loved it. But what was kind of the inspiration for that? Was it like, was there a real life event or was it just... No, know? that's... Um, so I knew him from 30 Rock. He was a writer on it for a season and... Um, I mean, I didn't know him that well, but, you know, we saw each other at the table reads and like all the little parties and whatnot. And so when after the second cycle of episodes came out, he reached out and he was like, oh, I love these. These are great. I'd love to do one sometime. And I told Ben and that was made his day because he loves Hannibal, as we do. And uh, his his records are he's so fucking funny. Yeah. So we were like, okay, well, it has to be the right thing. Like, let's just sit on that for a while and and hopefully something will come to us. He should definitely, like, play a version of himself. Like, we weren't interested in... Like, if anyone's recognizable to that extent, we don't, like, we just... They're going to play themselves or, like, a version of themselves. And then uh, I feel like one day we were just, like, actually in the shower and uh, we showered together keep going. a lot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Can I dim the lights for a second? <laughs> yeah. They're pretty dim they already, pretty too. Dim. That's because this one's right in my face. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, like, spotlit. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'm supposed to be contractually, so. <laughs> Do you want you to l- lather up a little bit? No. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to dab some on. Yeah. Boom. So, <laughs> Hannibal. So you're shower. so hot. It'll yeah, burst yeah, into yeah. smoke. We were in the shower, and uh, how did like how did it start with oh, like a because squirt I was like, how come there are no comedians who are like squirt like filling a squirt gun and then like squirting hecklers? And oh then right, saying, and then like, I was like, was pee, I, I said that's know. a terrible idea. Like people get really heated sometimes in those audiences, and like I would never do that. Like you do that, and like someone might pull out a real gun, and then we were like. Ooh, a like, shooting like, at, a, uh, at a comedy club and then i don't know it was like all of a sudden we just knew like wait hannibal should have something like that happen and yeah. then we're like and he should get shot and originally in the in the um version that we first wrote he got like shot in the leg or something by a stray bullet and it was a whole thing and then we're like no he doesn't have to be shot it's traumatic enough to like be at something like that yeah. um and then there it was and like i don't know we just we just sort of it was weird like we both knew like oh that's yeah, the one yeah. that's what we should do because we, we yeah we had just put him on the back burner since then and mm-hmm. then it all just came perfect storm again and that was his apartment Mm-hmm. And he was really awesome and gracious to let us just come in and, you know, like he's a busy guy. So yeah. it was cool. To he had to just... leave for an audition, in fact, yeah, in the he, middle of the our middle, shoot. Russell was like, uh, Ben, uh, Hannibal has to leave right now. <laughs> With those like, really big eyes. Right now. And then and then I'm like, oh, okay. And luckily he was auditioning at NBC and Katya has her context there. Yeah, I actually called and I'm like... Guys, we're Call shooting him. with him in, our, in his apartment right now. What are you doing? And they're like, oh, but it's for a role that like starts working tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you better have him home quickly. And then while he was gone, we all started singing Moving Out. And then we Village couldn't of- stop for the rest down of the shoot. Out, da, 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 that song will really get stuck in your head. P.T. Because <laughs> I was curious like how much of the show is based on real events, how much aren't. Because someone told me there's an episode where this guy's dating this girl and it turns out that mm-hmm. she's actually doesn't have a place to live. And she's mm-hmm. basically... How would you describe... And, and someone was like, no, that really happens. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of crazy that we didn't realize that until we were literally like shooting and i was like wait there was a hipster grifter like the hipster hipster grifter grifter. and then i was like and she was asian and it was like a weird moment i mean maybe we were subconsciously influenced but we really based it on we have this well i won't name our friends I won't implicate our friends in this, but we had a lot of friends who were doing OkCupid around that time, mm, like okay. a, a, quite a handful of people, mostly men, a couple of women. But in particular, one of our friends just kept having these just weird experiences with women where like it would be going great, but they were like wouldn't pay for anything and never offered to pay for anything, but would always like suggest kind of like pricey places to go. And just it was a whole thing. Um, all food bloggers. No, <laughs> no, but they would go to like those kind of places uh, that, you know, foodies like. And um, yeah, it's just like, it was a, it was sort of a, a situation, an imagined situation. Like, you know, what's the, wh- who would be like the worst person that our friends could like find? What's like the worst case scenario for OkCupid? It would be that you think like someone is in love with you, but really they're just like using you <laughs> to like stay somewhere. Yeah. And there's also like some people we know. There was this one like oh, uh, yeah. redhead girl. I don't remember That's her true. name. We don't know. Who, no one knows her. Well, we don't know. Yeah. Her we name. have a friend who knows her, but she was always bumming cigarettes and always asking for change. But she's like, uh, 
She looked well to do looking redhead girl. Yeah, she looked like middle class. Like she looked like she would be friends with anybody that you know. And (laughs) And she she would be out begging on the street in this weird way. Just hanging out in Williamsburg when we lived here. Like I saw her like try four different ways to get something from somebody. So that when she find like when I was smoking cigarettes, she finally asked for like a cigarette like as an Irish peasant or whatever she was trying at that time. And I'm like, no way. I know you. I see what you do. And oh then, yeah, and then it turned out one of our friends uh, like knew her, and that she had stayed with her roommate at one point, and had sort of fucked them all oh, over. Oh yeah, and, like, really terrible stuff. Yeah. Like menstruated in their underwear and didn't clean it up, and just leave it in the middle of the apartment. And like that, she was living with someone who had cancer, and then who was also allergic to cats. And she brought a cat into the apartment. But that sound you hear is the alarm going off for the grossest thing ever said on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Well, it's not me. You win. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, but you know, you wonder like what happened to them to make them that way. Well, that's exactly what we were. Well, we did wonder about that. We did haven't delved into that part. We hope to in future get into the backstory of that character because she's kind of one of our and favorites. Yeah. Well, awesome that's the thing too, is, so yeah. this woman who plays the actress who plays the role, Heidi, her name is Greta Lee, and she's just she's someone we've known for a long time and have wanted to work with. And it was sort of like the moment that we even came like the moment we conceived of this idea it, yeah. it had to be her uh yeah it just did yeah for some reason yeah my greatest fear is that someone will be like you can't this is my story you can't take this away from me and be like come on man everyone already knows that you're a scout like that you're a grifter so like don't try to grift me come on <laughs> like this happens sex gi- sex gypsies happen now yes it's true i was a sex gypsy kind of for a second I lived in a theater, and there was no shower, and I got together with the girl, and I probably stayed together with her longer than I should have because of my access to her bed and shower, because I was sleeping on a futon in the lobby. So, people <laughs> people do what they need to do to survive. Yeah. You know? It's true. All right, Kati, let's go. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I mean, what you said too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I slept on a futon, but it was in my apartment. <laughs> Yeah, well, I still sleep on a futon. But the futon yeah. I found in the lobby of the building I was living in because I didn't have a bed. <laughs> yeah. But what I love about the series so much is like it is so funny, but at the same time, it also can be really super dark. I mean, is that always something you've been attracted to? Yes. Kind of those two. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, we don't. I mean, we don't like things that are shiny, happy. Uh, like I just, I'm if it's uh, multicam sitcoms after the '90s, no, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've like Lars von Trier is my favorite filmmaker, probably. Really, Tim and Eric is our our favorite comedians. Like, I think we just like things that Post are. Post Zentropa. Um, I thought Zentropa was. I love Zentropa, but after great. that, he scares me. Really? Oh, I yeah. he hasn't taken any wrong turns for me really? yet. Yeah, I. Even, I'll, was it, I'm anti- that person that even Nancy Christ, him. even you know, it had its moments. <laughs> and chaos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty that funny. That was synchronized. Wow, good. good yeah, one. we well, we're married. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we like we do like I think we are attracted to the dark. We're also not joke writers either. Mm-mm. I mean, yeah. I li- I like to joke around all the time, but I don't write jokes. And yeah. Katya is the same. We're just really goofy at home. And uh And I think we think life is pretty funny when we're not <laughs> when we're not in a bad mood. <laughs> we're Yeah, we're very emotional people. We're really moody. Yeah. When we're having a good day and we look around, they're like life is pretty hilarious just as is if you just sort of record it on a really in a really straightforward object like uh objective way. It's it, it's pretty hilarious at times and yeah. sad. But yeah, we never we always were very conscious of the fact that we're not joke writers and we didn't want to like present ourselves as such and be like this is a comedy with jokes cuz we just didn't yeah. feel like we could meet that so, expectation. So why the laugh track? <laughs> <laughs> because it's a sick laugh track. I was watching track, a lot of British comedies at the time. Single mm. cameras. Yeah. But I mean, I, the young ones is pretty dark. Yeah. It's like the last, I think, laugh track I, I, I enjoyed. <laughs> the young ones. They get a free pass, those kind of shows for me. Yeah, because Motorhead was on it. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's a perception with like stoner culture in general that like it's just like people are dumb mm-hmm. or like they're mm-hmm. just like whatever. Oh, and like, we resent that so Spicoli. much. And yeah, and I resent that as well. And that's what I liked so much about the series mm-hmm. was there was so many layers and it was so well 
produced yeah. and everything. And I think that that's really important. Thanks. Well, you can be a cultured drinker, but not a cultured pothead. That, that's insulting. And I don't, uh, I'm not an indulger because my brain can't, can't handle it. Wish, and I have nothing but admiration for what I call professional pot smokers again, that someone you're like, why we're having the best conversation ever. And it's, wow. And you get to be stoned and I don't, damn, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you think that's something yeah. that's changing though? Sort of with, with it. Or I'm going to jump out on a limb here. I'm going to, mac- I'm going to pull out macro, go a little macro. I think that when characters emerge in media that are not like people who break the law or people that puritanical, upbringing white people don't accept of standards and practices all of that i think that that those characters are allowed if they're able to make fools of themselves i i think it goes back to negro minstrels and all the way to you know tv showing portraying gays in the 90s like in will and grace where it was like kind of a clownish thing you know what i mean or even modern family where it was like more of a you know like they're like the comedy relief you know and i think stoners fall in that category too that it's okay to portray stoners breaking the law if they are just like you know if you're not showing that it's something that you can do in your normal life and that's okay you know what i mean it's kind of told more comically more farcically and i think that uh at some point, all of those marginalized people... I'm not saying that stoners are marginalized, but kind of. No, they have been, I feel like, in uh, media. I, th- I think that to be represented appropriately takes a lot of times and a lot of iteration, it, uh, iterations of a less than favorable portrayal uh, till you get to the reality that people are people and they do the things that they do and it goes really deep with everyone. Uh, and I'm glad that we are seeming to be on the forefront of examining... Uh, that marginalized culture under a more fine uh, lens. Uh, We're just trying to make it seem like a normal thing. We we very consciously decided to put weed uh, in the background of it. You know, it's a device, but it's never about it. Except when it is, and then it's like a super conscious choice, and it's usually like a pretty quick moment. And then We're all high maintenance. I get it. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. yeah. Some people, some people are doing that with us. Like our sound person on the first episode, like I think we were rolling, and she goes, "Oh, high maintenance," and I'm like, "You're the sound person." <laughs> that I think this happened when Josh was on the podcast. That happens to me all the time. I was like, "Frigid air, frigid air." Yeah, oh. like that. Kind oh, of I had that recently. <laughs> I won't front. <laughs> and, and the other one was Pop Secret. Yeah, Pop Top Secret. Secret. That's the oh one. Oh my God, I ne- yeah. never even thought about uh, that. So many of them oh, where you're so, just oh, like, yeah. I've seen this my whole life and never, yeah. Oh, I read I this like article, I think it was in the Washington Post a few years ago. We'll call it print. And it was about two different uh, like reviews of people acting at a wedding. And one was how at a wedding and everyone was getting drunk and hanging out and then some guy you know pulled some weed out and people started going over and talking like oh this is wait oh this is interesting this is cool and how it was like socially acceptable and just part of everything it's illegal because it's scheduled because things are stupid and then it was the opposing argument of that's still against the law shouldn't be doing it that kind of thing it's i don't know it's it's a very weird like like loose definition and how you know, Colorado, um, who, who just legalized Washington, marijuana? Washington, no, someone else did too. I think Illinois, oh, Some, really? somebody just recently did. We like need to read the, the newspaper 24 mm-hmm. hours. Um, that yeah, it's being legalized medical, medical, medical. Mm-hmm. medical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe not personal <laughs> use, yeah. but that the FDIC won't ensure the money. For right. The well, banks. that's always, yeah. the, and that's always the problem or these yeah people these business owners who are doing it legally by their state you know but they're they they can't yeah. get loans a bunch for their of dispensaries business or, were just seized by the feds in in seattle where mm-hmm. it's legal so there's still some you know there is a it, it's, it's gonna nonsense. take a little while yeah. is it still the paper lobbyists because that's the history of it it was oh, it cursed goes. you know it, oh there's a whole bunch yeah. of stuff man it's also just a scapegoat to initiate the mexican-american war and and uh, just a scapegoat to like arrest mexicans es- essentially in the in the western well, and now there's so many jobs tied into the anti-drug 
you know, movement, well, campaign, the whatever. Industry. Yeah, there's and that the, too. And, and like, I mean, come on, drug lords give money to some per- people up the food chain somewhere, you know what For I sure. mean? And there are some people who make sure that the laws are making sure that the risk, that, that the money that you get from it being illegal and risking is well, yeah, if once up. it becomes legal, the people who are profiting now, like the the real like drug guys, like they don't want it to be legal because it's not they're going to make less money. There's going to be the market will be flooded and Dealers their business is going to be. If there was a way to fuck. regulate it the same way they regulate firearms, there would be no issue. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah, We're yeah. doing so well with yeah. that. You know what I mean? Well, what's yeah. crazy to me is that you can't grow hemp here either, which is non-psychoactive. And that's the yeah. cotton Thing that's too. the thing right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That is insane. The, the it's rope like, and the paper. That's the paper because what's the, I don't know if it's changed, but the uh, an acre of hemp can make so much more paper than mm-hmm. an acre of forest. But the logging industry is so huge still. And uh, I don't know. It just, I don't, it's, it's, very, it's very odd. It seems more conspiracy minded, but it's really just lobbyists. It seems like just something messed up that happened a long time ago that we just can't change, like hasn't Mm -hmm. been able to change. But I do think, do you think it's going to be something where like gay marriage, where like people are going to look back in 50 years and be like, yes, you guys really thought this? I think so. I mean, just look look back on civil, the civil rights act and still go, "Mm, no, but like, but drug, but drugs, like pharmaceuticals were not what they were before. And dr- the power of drugs is a more normalized altogether in, I think, our culture than it was in the days when, like, getting stoned was, like, changing your perception? Wow, you don't do that here. You know, <laughs> yeah. now people are, like, prescribing sleep and everything. And, and with the SSRIs, and this, and you know, yeah. I think that it's just a matter of time. <laughs> we would be like, with people, same people who say people deserve to get breast implants if it makes them feel better about their self-esteem. I think people are going to more easily sway towards people should get stoned if ever if in their the waking they life they feel to, very anxious yeah. or they feel in pain. I think that it's just the argument against it is getting so weak sauce well, with and, everything else that's happening. And look in the at world. all the other indicators. Like we've just watched our parents and like our friends' parents. Like these are this is a generation of people who. Uh, if they weren't like part of that hippie counterculture and like the the next wave after that, they like I don't know. My parents are not drug. They're they're not people who ever smoked weed or tried it. They just didn't. They were like Danish and drank beer and like that was it. I mean, and, like, Danish is bad enough. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> they like beer. Um, <laughs> and your parents were super square yeah. with that stuff too. And like, I'm not that you know, they're not all using now, but they all are like, we can speak really openly about the fact that we do and that people we know do and that it's just a thing people do. And they're all just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my uncle has been a pothead his entire life, like since his like probably teen years yeah. and he's in his sixties now. And that's just his jam. Like that's his whole thing yeah. to the point where my 90 year old grandmother's like, it's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and she's from a generation who believes they should repeal that civil rights act, yeah. you know, and it's it's weird that <laughs> that she. Where's why, the American Apparel shirt for why that? Why hide it? Yeah, she got the South. Um, Goodness, I know. And everyone was like, Paula Dean, how dare she? I'm like, no, she. What? No, I. I literally went like, sounds terrible. Like, that's it. I know. You know? Oh Would, my God! Wouldn't God. it have been amazing if the South? was able to secede and then we didn't have to like think about them when making choices for the rest of our history that would be amazing well for some guess for others who might have been enslaved might have been no of course it would have been terrible yeah there are slaves today there are um, according to at fact hive there are Mm. 225 million slaves in the world or 250 million outlawed slavery in 67 wow yeah man really yep and now they're like where everyone wants to go and hang out and do a show and party and do and, they? Yep. <laughs> come to my Don't home. you watch my <laughs> web series Dubai Nights. Yeah. <laughs> so are you guys um in addition to high maintenance, are, is that kind of your main focus now or do you have anything else you're working on or Well <clears throat> we we just we did it for fun and and it was really just meant to be like this. I don't know, cherry on the Sunday of life. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> it was just like a fun little thing that we were doing with... with... In between large one tree or marathon. Mm-hmm. T- totally. Yeah. Oh, you know me so well already. Um, Dogville. Yeah. Dogma. No, no. Oh, Dogville was a movie. Yeah. That's right. It was. Oh, God. That was the one with the the yes. chain and mm-hmm. the... Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, we didn't set out to, to do anything but just amuse ourselves, really. 
And then uh, when it became apparent that we actually had a following and we started getting positive feedback and we started really enjoying the production process and writing and all of this, um, you know, we realized we really like doing this and we're like, oh, but we would be content to just continue to do it the way that we've been doing it, which is to say, not make any money. We're not really paying anybody. It's just like an art project. Um, but then uh, once we got signed, I think uh, as writer directors, we were like, oh, they sort of put it in our head like, guys, this could actually be a half hour thing and you could actually get paid for this. You could you could actually make a living maybe doing this very thing. And I think once we realized that... Yeah, um, that's the gold part. Yeah, we're we just like, oh my it. God, really? It just didn't occur to us that like a thing that we liked doing so much could be that. And then once we sort of changed our way of thinking and, and started developing uh, ideas for a half hour version of it, um, that's, I feel like... I mean, that's where it's going now. And that really excited that's us. Like funny. once we started doing that, we're like, oh my God, yes, it is. It, it totally can be a half hour show. So long story short, we... Why half hour? Why half hour? Because just more more real estate for the stories. I mean, I mean like why that limit with oh. the way that TV is <clears throat> evolving oh, yeah, with man. Netflix and stuff. You like it doesn't so. have to be 22 well, minutes. Well, you, you would know? think so. But I, based on the the experience we've just had, I mean, we just went and pitched to all the cable networks and... um and yeah, it's, it didn't seem like, you know, it, it's still, it's, it is what it is. If it's on television, it's going to be, you know, 21 you minutes know, or 29 just, minutes. It's going to be on, it's going to be on Hulu or whatever, or Amazon or Netflix. They, anyway, well, they even what about don't. Like cartoon where everything's like 12 minutes. Right. Know? But yeah, no, nobody wants that. to do that though. It's, it, it's just, uh, even, even Netflix runs like those shows are still 59 minutes or yeah. like yeah and yeah. Uh, like the Paul Shear show and Cordry and all that yeah there's adult a lot of 12 stuff. minute adult of... swim stuff but it seems like it's exclusive to that to ch- adult that swim. yeah to that network Children's Hospital is great because that started similar I, mean, mm-hmm. I think it was a writer's strike endeavor yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah ended up on the WB when it was the WB and uh the website the WB <laughs> <laughs> You're the dog. <laughs> Mortimer, Mortimer J. Frog? I'm unfamiliar. Uh, oh, yeah. So now we're we're uh, in negotiations for a script deal for the sh- for High Maintenance, the, the half-hour version That's with right. a cable network. Yeah. That's and so we'll awesome. say, I mean, hopefully we can say soon who it is. It's really super exciting, guys. Um, wow. Yeah. So we got you here. This is a good time to get you guys before yeah. it blows yeah. up. Well, Let's see. Let's see about that. We've been around the block a few times yeah. and I've Can, sat down with so many people who are like, oh, I got a script deal. And then like a month or a year later, it's like, what's going on? They're like, yeah, I can only imagine what it's like being on the inside, how skeptical you must be at the process. Yeah. Cause know? she worked for, she worked for the, you know, NBC, one of the big networks. Yeah. So like to NBC. get anything done there is like, you know, everybody's putting in their two cents and there's a lot of people. Yeah. And it's, I, I am mean, thrilled they hired another white guy to host late night. I think isn't it cool. nice to get more whiteness on mm-hmm. TV? That's really what it needs. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know of any funny women who could no. who could do that. And that sounds so mean. I just Lena Seth Dunham should have done was it. So nice, but Julie Klausner should. Oh have my done god, it. she's oh, so yeah. funny. Should, should have been her hands. Oh my god, down. I love yeah. her. She's a like, real funny one. It it unnerves me. Yeah, it's, I, I, I'm sounding like uh, so feminist, but like it's just like a person of color you know what i mean it's like we've been uh, uh, getting this i will take a gay man uh, like any anybody that's oh, not anybody, a straight man. white man you know what i mean yeah it's just like let's see something different want, it's like the the new doctor who is going to be announced or may have already been announced by the time raven simone would have been good as oh, a new stop. late show host raven simone would have been great yeah and that, that would have been that would have been just so her to do that right totally yeah, yeah. So raven. night raven uh so <laughs> night raven <laughs> Wait, what was I? Uh, DC Comics. I, I was listening to this, uh, I don't know, it was some sort of discussion, or maybe I heard this secondhand from somebody else, but it was someone saying like that like some internet TV people, I forget what from what outlet, but were talking to some like network TV people, and they were talking about like the usefulness of TV or something about their modes. And then the young internet guy said to the old guy, like, you know what? You can say whatever you want. You're going to be gone soon. Like, you're a dinosaur. It's over for you. And, like, I remember either hearing about this or hearing the very thing, but I was like, holy shit. Like, what can that guy say to that? Like, no. I mean, it's it's a (laughs) fucked up thing to say, but it is true. I mean, there is a certain generation of people that are 
going away out. and done. There is yeah. no reason for someone to ask you to att- to come to a home at a certain time every week to turn on a thing so you can sell me stuff. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just so you can sell me some shit, just so I have to have like a delayed gratification that I no longer have through uh, it seems like hundreds of other avenues. It's over for you, dude. And yeah. Dish Network just won that case for their their DVR box that will skip over commercials. <gasps> they, I mean they won it and and networks are complaining about it. What's interesting is I I, I because uh, they're done. Time they're Warner just doubled the rate of their modem rental. It's now it used to be three dollars, and I got an email. They're oh. like, it's six dollars now a month to rent our modem. And then I went online. I was like, we can buy one for fifty bucks, but yeah. most people won't. But that's the same way AOL made a lot of their money was from these elderly people who pay twenty bucks a month to have an email address because yes. yeah. they don't know there's they don't another know any way. Better, yeah. And I read an article as that generation dies out, it's a real big problem for AOL. Because uh, they're not getting all that money. Yeah. No one's, yeah. Who's going to do that? It's also, the, I, th- I hope that it destroys the Nielsen system. Yeah. Because when please. you do stuff on the web, you go to your server, this is how many fucking people watched it. Yeah. 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 It's right and there. You, and it's there. And because of privacy laws for the cable companies who know who's watching what, you can't release it. And rightly so, even though the NSA is totally aware of what I'm watching. But with the web, like it's countable like you can do Mm -hmm. you can show a short video and do 50,000 streams in a day Mm -hmm. and that's better than most networks are getting nowadays for for that kind of Nielsen rating system so what you guys are doing is um, so what I'm saying is don't go to television (laughs) I hear what you're saying I hear hear what you're saying but the internet is never closed off to us it's still in the wild west period that we can access for whatever project we want yeah we have some ideas brewing that will do on the internet low maintenance yeah that's that's the next show we we definitely are (laughs) about integrity but the fact of the matter is is like we made those 10 episodes those are 100% us funded by us worked on by us no one can now take that away from us it's on there so we think this idea has got some legs that can go somewhere and, and we need to pay some bills because <laughs> we don't make that much money these yeah. days so. so the fact that we can explore this idea further even though we're satisfied with what we've done with it already sure but to explore this idea further and maybe like maybe this network will have wonderful notes for us and it'll be a great show or maybe it'll tank but who gives a shit we already have the 10 that we did on our own and now mama and papa can make some bills so we can make the next thing that we release on our own terms on the online. Right. So this network is basically the shower and bed while you guys are sleeping on the futon. Yeah, man. Sure. Yeah. Holy shit. You are a skillful storyteller. That was very skilled. That was very skilled. Making a circle yeah. the goddamn yeah. thing. Goodness, <laughs> Take man. it from the guys with the canceled TV show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your TV show got canceled? Our TV show got canceled, like, what, three years ago? Five years ago, Five years dude. ago. <laughs> what show? It was called Stephen's Untitled Rock Show. Maybe that was why. Maybe it was Stephen hosted it. It was on Fuse. And I wrote oh, it. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So oh. hopefully the network you're talking to isn't Fuse. <laughs> All right. It's not. Good. I don't think I'm um, running anything Fuse by saying that. Fuse is an ammogram for where we are. Ah. <laughs> Sufa. <laughs> I got sort of a, a little start, not starstruck, but when I saw you, I was like, "Oh my god, it's a dude from High Maintenance." <laughs> Do you get recognized a lot on the street? Yeah, oh my god, hap- so much. Yeah, it's happening a lot now. I mean, I just I'm I don't really look like everyone else, <laughs> even though I do. And uh, you got some crazy eyes. Yeah, I got crazy <laughs> eyes. A lot of this with this Reddit thing that happened yesterday, we got the Reddit effect, which was like a hundred thousand views, and now people are like really hitting it hard with the Malkovich talk. Yeah, They're a lot like, of people are like, that, that dude looks like yeah, John Malkovich. Yeah, a lot of Malkovich stuff. So They're wrong, though. That's like when I get our Garfunkel. I'm like, that yeah. dude is like 50 years older than me. Yeah. Seriously? No, the, and what's the best one you get? Oh, I, multiple times, and recently, Malcolm Gladwell. And I was there oh. for that one. Like, blew <laughs> my mind. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. I'm going to say well, you're better it. looking, but I understand where the it's, comparison it's just comes from. It's just a hair. It's just a hair. And that's the... But I'm sure you get like... I'm sure you get like anyone with a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. People are like, are you Harvey Firestein? Are you... People really? are like, yeah. No, no. no. 
No. Circa Torch song. Yeah. But it's funny. I even got a text from my friend who's in the show. He's like, I saw the guy from High Maintenance. He like had one leg rolled up and a bike. It was like just like the show or something. Oh man, that is well, yeah, that's me. You know, I don't know. It's that 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 character is very not far from me. No, that was the whole thing. We were yeah. I I wanted to like I was getting annoyed as a casting director that Ben was like always just getting cast as like an angry guy who just would like yell at people and have crazy eyes and like or be a homeless guy or you know all these sorts of like undesirable characters like no I I find Ben really appealing and like I like his just sort of natural way and I was like why can't you just be a character well at first we were like oh he should be more like soft I think but I think that was just a reaction to us like being tired of you getting cast all these I mean people. people i'm i immediately think someone doesn't like me when i meet he them. always thinks everyone doesn't yeah. like him but that's not mm. true and i sort of wanted to just like just have a space where ben was just like being ben and like commenting on things the way that ben does and and like that first episode we did well uh, the one with the it's called stevie and the girls on the phone getting texts from her boss the whole time and it ends with her you know throwing her phone that's our sister-in-law and um and like the the kind of dynamic that the two of them have is like kind of how it is, you know, like it's exaggerated. But uh, yeah. I just, yeah, I think I'm glad that we started there because it was like you got to be with like a family member and sort of yeah. be comfortable being yourself. And then like it worked and we're like, let's just keep doing this and is you it, just keep being yourself, you know. I find it interesting that way in casting, like, you know, it's like play against type, which is rude. Ugh, I hate that. And then casting it's nonsense. itself is like the last bastion of like almost like racism sexism like 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 you can say i need a fat asian in a wheelchair send me all your people and then agents send you um all their skinny blondes and then a middle of it they'll have a fat asian and they send you know they send you like 20 mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's really weird shots in that and as a casting person like one you're doing your show, so you're reaching out to people you know and like because you have a picture in your head. You're doing the creative. Like, how do you come up with how to, I guess, spin that, not in a positive way, but I know it must be weird where you're like, ah, we need a black guy to play a gang member again. You oh, know? sure. Yeah. I mean, le- we so far have been lucky that I don't, I don't feel like it's been awkward yet for us because on uh, 30 Rock, that happened a lot where it was, where I felt a little weird being like, we need, you know, this person has to be Latino because they're the delivery person or, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, But I always, like, I rationalize it. And I say this to, like, I teach those audition workshops and stuff. And I tell actors who are sort of in that place where they're, like, they're still auditioning to get, like, the part of a delivery guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always just say, like, I feel like when you're at the, the stage where it's, like, those smaller roles, it is going to be a lot of stereotypes because you have to think about it from a standpoint of like production or, or even just like structure, like that person's going to be on screen for like a second. If you cast like some, like, I don't know, blonde girl with a ponytail to be the delivery person for your like pizza. I don't know. It just changes the story and it makes the viewer go like, Ooh, wait, what's that person doing here? And then there implies that there's more to the story and then there's not. And it's just like, I think it's just like the economy of storytelling and trying to keep things looking like life here in New York. Like, uh, bodega owners are generally Korean families or Middle Eastern people, at least where I live. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Cab drivers are (laughs) African or they're older Irish blue collar guy. You know, it's just like Mormons, mostly white. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. that's just like what you see around you and like yeah there's exceptions to the rule and I like to tell the stories that are exceptions to the rule but like when you're casting stuff like I just yeah it's it is uncomfortable to be like yeah we need a black guy for the gang member or whatever but it's like yeah. well the story is about a gang and they're black and yeah. so I'm sorry but this, you have to cast accordingly mm-hmm. you know? just a tremendous amount of uh, of of people having a lot of denial about how they look too. You know what I mean? In terms of like for, if you're doing a play and you go to school to become a theater actor, yeah, you can, you can play whatever you want. Yeah, you're going to be like play, grandma in one play with yeah, a wig. Sure. And then... You know, we don't actually think we're there because we're all sitting together in a theater, but film is just, it's a different game. You can't look like what you aren't unless you have a really sick makeup crew or like, that's what you're going for. 
You know, you just like the first image of you, it's just a collection of pictures. And if you don't look in the picture, what they look like, it's just like, there's no point in doing it. Still work that way? It's still headshots or it's at all, all online? Everything's online. I mean, people still have headshots that they give you in person a lot of times, but I find myself throwing them away a lot because I'm like, what am I, I going to do with this? You know, yeah, that's, that's uh, very environmental. I know, well, that's why I tell people to not give them to me because I would prefer to not have to find a way to dispose of them and have the burden through, of responsibility. I remember going through all that with, uh, like I was trying to be an actor for years and you need uh, talent to do that. And so I was like, <laughs> just it, was, it took me a while to realize that I'm way better at watching. You know? uh-huh. And it, it was a nice place to be actually um, and learn that I'm, I'm much better at being me and doing television hosting stuff was a lot more fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love actors and respect where they where they come from. I remember one guy telling me, he's like, in a room somewhere in America, people decide whether headshots are going to have borders or not. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. that's amazing to me. And then you start looking at her like, son of a bitch, there are no borders this year. Mm-hmm. Like, How does that happen? It's just weird little, weird little takes. And now with, I wouldn't even know where to begin now. I feel like that my time totally passed because that was of the envelope days and send it to someone and, and put a post-it on pretend to be your own manager. And now it's all got to be online. And well, how many people are, who's following you on Twitter? Oh, you have a Facebook page mm-hmm. and your own private page and all that. It must be crazy to navigate. It's a lot to sift through for sure. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, they're like th- those like agents and managers out there exist for a reason. And, you know, you, there's like the ones who have good taste, who like are just brilliant at like finding those people and, signing them and then presenting them to you, you know, um, I rely like pretty heavily on, on the relationships I have with talent representatives who I think like have good taste, simpatico tastes, you know? Um, and then I'm just like always looking like I, you are too, like they're, you know, Mm -hmm. even like I've, I've sought people out after seeing them in a commercial because I thought they were interesting, you know? I think that's super cool how you remember people and like, I have this thing that I do. Yeah, you'd be great for. That's... Yeah, I enjoy that part so much. I love telling someone like I have a part for you, or like I'm we're writing a part for you, or something like that. In in the the broadcast world, as they used to call it, instead of alternative in L.A., there were maybe ten casting directors who did it, and there was a time where I knew all of them, and they mm-hmm. were great. And it was the best part about that world is on camera hosts. You are so comfortable with the fact that you are really trying to fix the car you know it's like can i fix this car for you no okay cool someone else will and there's no competition you could always spot an actor in a hosting audition because they were memorizing the copy whereas all the hosts were like dude how are you holy shit you got that gig that's great anyway you're being yourself being yourself and that's the whole difference and that's what i was gonna say is like the actors who i think break through that barrier and like learn that like oh me being myself is actually what everyone wants to see. Oh, cool. Oh, and like when they figure out how that feels and like start coming into rooms and like even you give them a a script and they're still bringing themselves to it and like, you know, understanding that very basic but so hard to like, you know, do thing. uh, That's like when the magic happens for me. That's the hardest thing I think for actors to do, but it's the thing that will like ultimately propel them to the next level if they're any good or they're like a compelling personality you know it's people who are like who are playing a version of themselves i think and also half the gig is are you cool enough to hang with us for a week and yeah not be a dick yeah not man. be a weirdo just any, <laughs> yeah just any human interaction it's like do i want to be around yes you? Yep. Yeah. and that's the part i think so many people forget and they come in and they're like you know, their hand is shaking and or they're like weirdly name dropping or doing all this like weird stuff. And you're just like, oh, I'm not going to send you to set like Tina Fey is going to think I'm a loser if I like deliver you. To, you know what I mean? Like people don't realize that part of it, the mm-hmm. equation, you know, just me be sending cool, you be in cool. is now literally going to reflect on me. Yes. So don't fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just put that sign on the door. <laughs> Don't fuck, don't this, fuck up. this up. That's a hilarious sign to put on a casting door. Don't fuck this up. It might at least make a few people laugh. Oh my God, you'd be like my favorite casting person <laughs> ever. I mean, like, I love her. It'd be cool <laughs> if you hid like little jam boxes throughout the room that just sit, like whispered, don't fuck this up. <laughs> just like, just so. It's like in a plant or something like that. I think we're writing a new episode of Heimlich. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> uh, the, the trippy episode. <laughs> yeah. I just think that. Yeah. That's some. Dennis Leary. Oh, never mind. Never mind. What was that? What's the network again? 
We can't say. Can't say it. <laughs> can't say it yet. That was nice, though. I almost told you. I, can't. I almost answered it, and I don't even know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Saw through my ruse. You were like, the WB. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't even exist anymore. I'm maintenance. UPN. It's all yeah, after UPN. the secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. <laughs> Triangle, circle, square. <laughs> UPN, right? Yeah. <laughs> there were three shapes, you right? You have a good memory Gold for shape. <laughs> Jump out of the car. <laughs> Sometimes at UPN, they take your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, was, this was hey. so hilarious. <laughs> and thank you for getting us all high. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel high. Yeah, well, it's dark in here. See? See? Funny, right? And if you are an actor, I hope you learned some things about going in front of a casting director. I think you might have. Educational. This is an educational program. That's why it says explicit. (laughs) If you dug what you hear, check us out at goingofftrack.com. There's a fun little button that says donate if you want to support us. That's awesome. If not, that's awesome too. Thanks for listening. We don't know whether you have or not. Uh, Go to facebook.com slash goingofftrack if you want to send us a fun little message. Follow us at goingofftrack. We have all our own fun little Twitter handles. Jonah's on tour with the United Nations. Mike just moved. Brad's got a cold. Yuck. Yeah. I have a man cold. Yeah, you have a man cold. Look you it up a- on YouTube. Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and after that, have some vitamin C. See you next week. Hey.